Dee Dee Moonflyer here. Welcome to the Twilight Tonic Podcast. As always, I have a freshly brewed batch of the strange and unusual to share with you. So grab your favorite tonic, step inside the broom closet, and let's get started. Twilight Tonic, we always have the most amazing guests. And sometimes guests write about their lives in very interesting ways. I have a lot of respect for. He's written three books. The newest one is The Eleventh Child. I highly recommend you check it out. It's on Amazon. He's also wrote My Paranormal Journey, One Man's Obsession, and Awakening of a Seer. So welcome, Rick Wade. How are you? Doing good. How are you doing? I'm wonderful. I'm really curious. You wrote a book called The Eleventh Child, and it was about your childhood, correct? Correct, yes. Okay. Do you think your childhood led you up to what you do now? Honestly, you know, I write in the book about my childhood and my mom, how she used to read coffee cups and how my brother used to read spoons and stuff. But I always thought it was just, you know, them goofing off and having fun. Mm-hmm. So really this childhood part, I don't think that actually led up to what I am now. My, what changed my life was when I got into paranormal. That's what got me started to actually figure out about spirits and energies. When I got into paranormal, that's when my journey started. Mm-hmm. But my journey has been going on my whole childhood. And I talk about that because I was seeing spirits throughout my whole young age, but I didn't know what they were. Right. I thought they were like owls, and I would see things in pictures, and there was all kinds of things happening, but nobody was there to explain it. Right. So I didn't understand it or know it. So throughout my childhood, this actually happened to me. And the thing is, when I got in the paranormal, this first video I I, I um, um, caught was an actual door opening. I think that opened up my journey. And then from that point on, you know, growing up, my whole childhood, I had nightmares all the time thinking they were ghosts or thinking they were actually demons outside uh, on the trees and stuff. But they was actually just spirits saying, Hey, listen, Rick, wake up. You're here. Uh, we can communicate with you if you let us in. But see, as soon as I got in the paranormal, all that started, all those nightmares stopped. And I started, started seeing things and feeling things and understanding what was really happening. Right. And all my nightmares went away. Let's go back a little bit. You said your mom read coffee grounds. Yeah, what my mom would do, she would actually take coffee grounds, mm-hmm. 
he would put it in a cup, a coffee cup, and she'd put a little bit of water, and then she'd swirl it around, and she'd turn that coffee cup over and lay it on a table, and then she'd say a blessing, okay? And then she'd twirl it to the right three times and to the left three times. Then she'd pick that coffee cup up, Mm -hmm. and she would look in there and see the lightness, the darkness, the hills, the valleys, or whatever the coffee brown was showing, and she could actually read it just like I read people now. So it was kind of cool. Wow. Where did she learn that? Well, it's always been in our ancestors. See, our ancestors go back to Cherokee Indians. So they're they're a little ways back, but they all go back to the Cherokee Indians. And all the Cherokee families, my great-grandmas, my great-great-aunts and stuff like that, they all did the same thing. So it was kind of like handed down. Oh, okay. It, it's funny because um, my relatives read tea leaves. Mm-hmm. And I always thought that was really interesting. And then when I did research in Turkey, they read coffee. And I was just wondering, coffee grounds. Oh, wow. And I was like, I wonder if you have a, you know, a Middle Eastern or Turkish background. So that's fascinating. And you said your brother threw stones? No, my brother was able to read um, spoons. He would lay oh, out with okay. spoons on a table and he would put a like a, a lighter, he would light it with a lighter, a light up, you know, turn a lighter on yeah. like a, a big lighter or something, you know, with the actual cap that, you know, he used to do. And he, he liked that. And he would actually look in the spoons and be able to read the flame would show stuff in the spoons for him. And he'd be mm-hmm. able to read it. Have somebody in the other room, and he would actually read things and put them in a dark room and they would stay in that dark room while he did the reading. And then he would come out and explain the reading to them. And that usually would happen. Things would happen. What he actually saw in a few days or a week. So it was kind of like he was seeing a future. So that's what he was doing. So thanks. I wrote about some of the stuff in the book, mm-hmm. in my third book, about what he did and how things did come true. Interesting. That I've never heard of Spence. That's really cool, actually. Yeah. I don't think anybody has. So it's, it is interesting. Yeah. I, was that passed down to him as well? Well, the thing is, my brother was, he was kind of strange. Um, he was, um, he sniffed glue a lot when he was a kid. And it kind of kind of did something to him, and he 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 thought at one time he sold himself to the devil, so that's what he thought, you know. Growing up, you know, he was young, thought he was tough and everything. He thought he sold himself, uh, sold to the devil. He always had things happening to him where he always seen a creepy old ugly woman looking at him, or in his bed, or watching him all the time. So he felt he had a backpacker on him. So a backpacker is an actual energy that sticks with you mm-hmm. and stays with you. And I think he thought he actually gave his soul to the devil. And so all of a sudden, this lady stayed with him throughout his childhood and as he got older. Um, so so that's exactly about him. But the thing is, I don't know where he got the spoon thing from. I don't know if this was given from somebody else, but he never, ever told me anything about that. He just would do it all the time for us. It was just kind of interesting. And my family used to do the seances all the time, too. So seances, all this stuff was really – my family was big into spirituality. Back in the day. Now, is your family from Michigan as well? Yeah, my mom is from Kentucky. And um, my stepdad, which was the father of all the other kids, he's from Kentucky too. And I, my, my dad is from Wisconsin, but I didn't know my dad till I got older and later on in my life till I was like 35 before I knew him. That's really interesting. So probably your mother learned a lot of that stuff from her relatives in Kentucky. 
Yes, because my yeah. uncle was a healer. My uncle was able to heal. I talk about that in the book, too. Um, my uncle actually healed me one day. I cut my foot really bad. And he came over, and, and mom said, just go talk to uh, Uncle Sammy. And Uncle Sammy went over, and he said a prayer. He touched my foot, and I'm telling you, he took the pain away completely. And that's shocking for a young kid, you know what I mean, to have right. pain just go away. So, but, you know, I still... I didn't really understand what that was. I was just a kid. I, you know, I wasn't paying attention to that kind of stuff. But yeah, he really did do it. So pretty amazing. Wow. Through your childhood and then all of a sudden come back to you like in your mid-30s when you start to realize you have these abilities. What was the moment besides the door opening that you realized this was real for you? Well, the thing is spirits kept me interested throughout from that first door that opened for me when I asked it to open, uh, the mm -hmm. paranormal experience, they kept me interested throughout until I actually started getting my real gift of seeing, okay? At first, I was hearing things. I have a special hearing because I had Bell palsy when I was younger. So I oh. hear at a different frequency in my left ear than I hear in my right ear. My right ear, I say right now I'm 57, but I can hear a different frequency like in like 14 or 15 years old in my left ear. So I have a different frequency I'm hearing. So whenever I go and do ghost hunting and stuff, I can hear spirits talking in real time, or I can hear them talking a different frequency that nobody else can hear. Wow. I I wouldn't even ever think of that. That's really interesting. And, and I've tested this. I've tested with other kids. I've tested with the 12, 13-year-olds, and they can hear what I'm hearing. An adult can't. Right. So before they pick it up, even on the EVP, you probably already know what's going to be said. Sometimes they actually talk in real time, like you're talking right now. Mm -hmm. And I'll say, I just heard a gentleman say, I'm sick. And then all of a sudden, everybody say, well, I didn't hear anything. Then I'll play the recorder back, and the EVP will capture the actual spirit saying, I'm sick. That, that would be really trippy to be able to hear that constantly. Because you can hear them, they often come to you and tell you things before they tell anyone else when you are on an investigation? Let me explain how this works with me. A lot of people have no control over their gifts. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, it just happens all the time. I have full control over my gifts. So basically, if I can walk in a haunted location and not get any connection at all because I am not opening up to it, okay? When I say it's time then the spirits will come to me and communicate. I worked that out with spirits. As I was younger, I was learning. I was actually having issues with my job, and I was making a lot of mistakes because doors were slamming, lights were turning off. I mean, all kinds of weird stuff was happening in front of customers to a point where they were actually getting scared when I was in their house. So that was causing some problems. So I had to mm -hmm. work this out with the spirits. Do not come to me. Do not, unless I actually ask you to communicate. And now they they respect my boundaries. So I can go in a grocery store and I won't feel nothing. I won't see nothing. I won't hear nothing. But if a person comes up to me and says, hey, you're Rick Wade. Can you read my sister Janet? I will be able to connect with Janet's energy and offer a reading. That's how okay. it works. That's wonderful because so many people can't at, can't control their gifts. Yeah, they can't turn it off. Yeah, that's always around them. And then I've talked to people that, like you, that can control their gifts. So I always find that really, really interesting. So you also connect with people's past lives. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. How did you learn to do that? 
Well, you know, when I first started my journey, I was actually connecting with, I was, I was a remote viewer and I didn't know what a remote viewer was until many hundreds and hundreds of readings until people actually figured out what was going on. And some more intelligent people that knew what was going on explained it to me. But whenever I first started, it was just me seeing things around a person. So a person would come on, I, would, I was on Unexplained Mysteries, which is an actual paranormal group uh, it's like a paranormal forum and all kinds of things it's called unexplained mysteries and what i would do is make a post let me see what's around you so i'd make a post and people would come on there and say okay go ahead and see what you see and i would see things in their living room for instance to say they had a red lamp i would actually see okay i'm seeing a red lamp by you and they would say oh my goodness and they take a picture and send it back to the forum this mm-hmm. is what you're seeing so it was kind of cool i was actually just remote viewing i didn't know what it was but i was just seeing things i was excited about it and then one lady came on she said listen i was told that you might be able to help me i said okay you know i'm excited i'm having fun you know i'm not charging for eating i'm not doing anything. I'm just having fun and learning basically what i was doing so this lady said to me she said can you please do a past life reading on me because i need some help i'm like um i'll try it i've never done it before i don't know i'll give it a go i have this imagination as it is so i end up going and connecting with her energy and i just kept seeing her having she was back like in the 1800s and she was on an actual wagon and she was being chased by the Indians and she fell off and broke her neck and died. So this is what I saw. Okay, I'm just seeing this. So I, I put it in the comment, shared it with her. And she said, and I told her, I said, you're getting pain in your neck. You don't know what's going on. You're getting headaches. You don't know what's happening. This is what I'm seeing. You broke your neck when you were in, in your past life. So she said she went to over 10 doctors and spent tons of money. And they can't figure out the pain in her neck and the headache she's having. They can't figure it out why this is happening to her. So after I gave her the information, it did something to her to where she woke up the next morning. And guess what? There was no more pain. Wow. There was no headaches. It healed her because she, her body, her mind and everything was kind of like she had to. She was reliving her past life every day. Her broke neck, her broke neck every day right. and realize what really happened to her. And then it just it disappeared and she stopped having it. It was awesome. Yeah, that would be wonderful. <laughs> That's where I started past lives. And when I first started, you know, the thing is about my journey. I did thousands of readings and remote viewing. I did thousands of readings and past lives. Mm-hmm. Every now I could not read a past loved one until I kind of mastered how to read past lives. Right. And so I had to do so many remote viewing before I was allowed to actually read past lives. And then after a certain period of time, I was finally, I pray to God, dear Lord, please. I see all these people on Facebook that are reading these pictures. Can you let me do it? And I would try and I would fail. Never connected at all with any of them. And then one day, a lady, I feel there's angels everywhere. And mm-hmm. sometimes angels are here. And sometimes they will steer you in the right direction. So this one lady said, listen, can you come read past loved ones on my website on Facebook? I said, okay, on her page. So I said, I'll try. I can't do it. You know, I'll try. And I'm telling you, from that point on, I was reading everybody direct connect information about their past loved one that passed away. I had thousands and thousands of people wanting readings on that page. And I was so on target. I was crying. I was emotional. I mean, this is really happening to me. And I was thinking, Mm -hmm. the guy up above, because I prayed to him for this to happen. And it just happened. And I think that's amazing. It's phenomenal that you you are able to do that. Um, How about animals? Do you read animals? You know, I've read a few animals in the past. I mean, 
I've read a, a couple ladies here, and I, I don't do a lot of animal readings, but I've had a lady gave me a, a, a name, Steve, and I, I don't know. I'm just I'm getting the name. I connect with names. That's how I connect. Right. With so I connected. She said, you know, I said, well, did I connect with this guy named Steve? She said, you connected like you would not believe. But guess what? I said, what? That was my dog you connected with. I'm like, <laughs> and I didn't even know because I don't ask, well, you know, if it's a male, you know, I mean, is a father, dad or anything. I just get a mm-hmm. name. She said it was my my dog that you connected with. And she bought like three or four or five readings after that because I, I kept connecting with this dog of hers and seeing things about the dog. But the thing is, I thought I was connecting with a man mm-hmm. because of my energy. That's how I do. I don't. If she would have told me I was connected with a dog, I would have probably told her I'll try. But I don't think I, I don't know I'll be able to do it. But I still connect. I think energy is energy. Right. And I think you're going to be shown that energy if you connect. And that's how it is with people's energy past lives and uh, animals uh, it's the same way now when you're close to when you're in a room full of people and obviously you said you can turn this on and off now to protect yourself can you tell who in the room has very similar abilities to you um when i go into my readings if i'm actually reading a uh, an, a person's energy um, then I will be able to be shown things about them. Mm-hmm. And if I see certain things that I feel that they are gifted and they're kind of hiding it or they don't know what to do with it, I will explain that to them. Yes, I do feel you have an ability to see things. I feel you're actually seeing things right now or you're feeling things right now. We, A lot of us do have this and a lot of us don't. But a lot of us are affected by medication. Mm-hmm. We're affected by tra- trauma. We're affected by working too much. I mean, there's a lot. A lot of people just are not motivated enough to actually use their gifts and unlock more of their gift because they could have the gift. But if they don't put the time and energy into it, they're not going to actually get the full results. You understand what I mean? So uh, and with me, it was an obsession. My first book was an obsession. My second book was an obsession because I was obsessed with the paranormal. The second book, I was obsessed with reading people. So I put honestly, I put everything into this 110% into what I was doing. I was reading seven to 10 people a day, but guess what I was doing? I was not being there for my family because of the upset. It was like, I was, I had to have that reading. I had to have that, you know, oh my goodness, you did a great job (laughs) about filling, filling my mind, you know, uh, something about what, did I make that connection? Uh, you know, did I connect with that past life? I mean, it was to a point where I was addicted to readings, like the same thing addicted to EVPs. I was addicted to a point where I saw what I wanted to do. And the thing is, my family was like drifting away from me. My job was having issues with me because I was actually communicating with customers on their past loved ones or, or about their house, what I was picking up. Mm-hmm. And it was people you know what i mean so i was you know kind of like and almost a point i was wondering if it was a curse or what because i was i was having some bad luck i was not i got pulled over like 15 times in one year three times in one day i mean there was some weird stuff going on with me um whenever i first started this but i didn't understand what was positive energy and negative energy mm-hmm. and negative and positive is always around and if you steer toward the negative it's going to pull you and that's what was happening pulling me toward the negative instead of the positive. And what happened is my paranormal journey kind of was slowing down and I started getting out of the EVPs because I, what happened to me, I was 
I was obsessed with the paranormal, and I would actually, no matter what, I wanted to always record and try to capture a spirit voice. So one day we had a blizzard, and we had a whole bunch of snow, and I went, and, and, and I had to go to this old abandoned schoolhouse and put my recorder in three foot of snow. I'm walking through three foot of snow to put my recorder on his back legs to try to get a spirit to come on and communicate. That's how obsessed I was. So I came back to the truck, and I realized I was actually – kind of sideways in a big ditch and I could not get out. And oh, this no. gentleman and this gentleman came around and he said to me, he said, I can get you out. I said, okay, let's try. You know, so he hooked up this chains. He said, give it gas. And, and he couldn't budge me. I couldn't get anywhere. And I was in a Durango four wheel drive and I still couldn't get out. So another guy came around why I'm on the phone with the tow truck. And he said to me, he said, listen, I can get you out, but this time don't, don't give it gas. Do you, do you get that? Yeah. Well, how did he know about the other guy telling me to give it gas? Well, then he says, I can get you out. Just don't give a gas. So I said, well, well, we'll try one more time. Same kind of vehicle, same kind of truck and everything. He hooked it up. I didn't give a gas. He pulled me right out. But as I came back with his chains, he handed me a brochure about God and said, stop doing what you're doing. That was a negative energy I was connecting to. Get it? So he gave me that. And I started seeing Bibles. For the next 30 days, weaning me off the recording. And then that's when I started seeing things with my eyes and my mind, which is kind of cool. Now, you also mentioned that you work with missing persons cases. Yes, I have worked with many missing person cases. Now, I know you can't say names or anything like that. What was the one that affected you the most? Well, it was an actual young girl that um, was murdered down south in Louisiana. Mm -hmm. Now, I worked with her, with uh, her, I worked with some psychic groups. See, I used to be in groups, so there would be like 50 to 100 people that actually were psychics and mediums trying to solve missing person cases. And I was right there with everybody else. We'd get up every day, we'd go and we'd look and see what we see on a missing person case. And they would take, there would be like a, a main person would actually take what was hitting and hitting and hitting and they'd actually put it together and take it to the police and that's what was going on but this one case i mean i saw you know how she died i saw that she was buried i saw where she was buried i mean i saw all this stuff i said she was by uh, one big cross and two small crosses over uh, to the left side of the woods and i'm telling you, they found her there but i didn't know where that was but i what i gave was enough information i said she was shot I said, you know, that she cut his hands. I mean, all this information was in my reading, what happened. I said, I keep hearing the song, I'm wide awake. And the thing is, he actually stabbed her and she, he thought she was dead. And she bent over and was like asleep. And then she woke up and took the knife and started stabbing him. So that's that song, I'm wide awake. And she mm -hmm. woke up and actually started doing that. And that's when he ended up killing her. Very sad. Wow. That's terrible. And it's very sad. And the thing is, you know, we don't know if we're getting right or not. That's why we give all the information and they have a big person that actually like an admin that has four or five people that actually takes the information from each individual. And if they see the same hits from different people, then they, mm -hmm. they think maybe a good lead. So how do the police feel about this when you guys hand over the information? Are they do they look into it? Or are they comfortable <laughs> with that? Well, this group I was working with, the lady that ran it, she mm -hmm. actually worked with the police. They were taking the information. They were actually using the information. Um, but there was always issues. There was, al there was always issues with that in the police department because 
I think they was getting some bad leads too, and it was causing them some time and energy. You know what I mean? Right. Because you're perfect all the time. But I would work with the police, local police stations around here. And the thing is with them, you know, they didn't really believe in psychics and mediums, but they believe in any kind of evidence you can bring. So they would let me go to places where people were murdered or places where people were kidnapped. And they would say, hey, go do what you got to do. If you come up with something that's interesting, we'll take it. And I would do that. But the thing is, I would hear these audios, what was going on, and they would not be able to hear it. So it's basically it was like, you know, who is this guy? Is he a fruitcake or something? Oh. And it's kind of it's kind of scary because they're not hearing what I'm hearing. Right. But I did have a case where I actually went down and I did a recording at this young girl that actually died in a in a graveyard. And I and this is in, in my book. You, I I write about it, but I end up hearing a voice that said, this person killed me. So I took it to the police department and he actually, the sheriff wanted to see me and I played it for him and he was an older guy and, you know, he could not hear it. So, but he brought his deputy in and she listened and she heard exactly what I said. Mm -hmm. uh, so that, that struck his mind, that struck his attention, right? So he said, listen, go take him wherever, see if we can get something. And they took me all over where the person, you know, actually was found, you know, where she lived, where she was hanging out, where these bad people were and all that stuff. So it was kind of interesting. That would be fascinating. It was a trip. But at the same time, I was scared when I first went down there because I worked on another case a couple of towns over and I sent some information to them what I was seeing, hearing and feeling. And he was like putting two and two together like, OK, this guy's over here. This guy's over here. You know, I was getting nervous. I'm thinking maybe they're going to arrest me. I'd be worried about that, too. Oh, yeah, definitely. He could have locked me up and I could have been in trouble. Yeah, because, how, you know, you go to them, you say you hear and see these things. I, I would think that would that would make me very nervous. Oh, 100 percent. So I and, and I honestly after that and the thing was what was interesting with my audio is my audio was changing. So if I say I got an audio and it said Stephen killed me, then I would play it like a week later and all of a sudden it'd come on and said, I am one of the three boys. So Stephen killed me, changed to I'm one of the three boys. Get it? So the audio was changing for me what I was hearing. Mm -hmm. So it was to a point where I couldn't take my recordings to the police department anymore because it was changed. When I get it there, it would be something else. So it was to a point where I said, I can't do this because I'm looking like a nutcase. So I had to stop taking the audio to the police department because it would change before I even got back there. Right. What I was hearing make me sound crazy oh my god so you were hearing something different yeah i write down actually everything I'd write down uh -huh. and then i see before i get there i'd listen to it again all of a sudden i'm gonna say oh my goodness this has changed it's not saying the same thing uh -huh. so i felt like i can't take this information to them because it's not it's not valid anymore to me you know what i mean because it changed but what i was finding out was the audio you was able to continue a story with the audio, the audio was like giving me a part of the story and then it would give me another part of the story that actually went with the story. But I didn't understand it at that time. And you could actually take the reverse of an audio and you could hear more of the story. So it was kind of cool. Wow. That would be very interesting. I have a lot of knowledge in this audio stuff because I, I did it for so many years. Right. So was there ever a case that you went to, whether it be a paranormal investigation, a missing person, or even a private home that had a huge, huge impact or effect on you? Well, you know, I, I was working on one case here in town and I spent like five years working on this case. 
and I work with the family. I work with the babysitter and everything. I mean, it still takes a toll on me because I've never found her. And I honestly have never found anybody. I'm just being honest. I've never found anybody. I've given details about the person's energy. I think what happens with me when I connect with a past loved one, I can read them up until they actually die. And when they die, you know, say if somebody kills them, I can't read them after that anymore. Like some other people, like a medium might be able to pull them afterwards. Mm -hmm. I can only read up to when they were actually taken or something like that. That's how my energy is. But the thing is, I just, I feel bad because I drive by this place all the time. I drive by her house all the time. And it's like, I live right in the neighborhood. So it makes it kind of hard for me that, you know, she's been gone for like 35 years. It was just a 13 year old kid and nobody knows where she's at. She's disappeared and they just cannot find her. And it's really sad. Now, did you pick up on anything that she'd been abducted or did she just walk out one day? And Well, she was at school with her brother at, at a game and she went out. I, I'm assuming went out to take a smoke or something. And there's just so many scenarios. There's so many stories. You know, she got hit by a car <laughs> when she got out there uh, or, you know, these girls took her and beat her up and she was messing with another boyfriend. I mean, there's so many stories. Nobody really knows exactly and that's the thing, you know, I mean, the police think they know who did this, but they won't come forward. So it's like everybody's just like, you know, they're not getting anywhere with the case. They've been trying and just thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars they spent trying to find, 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 find. But the thing is, is that there's just no, there's no, you know, um, direct information or no, nobody ever leaked it out. Nobody ever, you know, gave that right information so they could find a real, real clue. You know what I mean? So it's still un, un, unsolved and nobody knows where she's at. Nobody has any clue. And this is kind of sad. Yeah, that would be very, very sad. Now, does this kind of stuff wake you up at night when you're asleep? Do you ever get nudged by the spirit world? Be like, hey. Well, you know, I I, um, I don't really talk in my sleep as much like I used to. Um, I do wake up a lot. Um, but I don't know if it's a spirit. I have a lot of nightmares, you know, I see a lot of things, but I don't know if a spirit spirits doing that to me. I've never really, I've never had to where, you know, I'm ever bugged by them. You know, I never, you know, I, like I said, they're just never around me until I actually want them to be around me. And I think that's kind of cool. So when I go to a haunted location, I see, I can remote view ahead of time and see things and see things that's going to happen throughout the evening. Um, that's how I can do that. But you, what I have a, a problem with my my gifts is either I use the audio recorder and devices or I use my gift. And it's hard to use both of them at the same time. So it makes it hard for me. Either I'm when I go on investigation, I need to use my gift or I need to use just the actual advice, uh, devices. And um, so it makes it kind of hard for me. So I, I like to work in the future on that whenever what I want to do in my future events is actually do a, a walkthrough and kind of like read the building before I actually do an investigation and then do an investigation and see if the actual information that I actually saw and felt comes through back on the recordings and stuff. Oh, okay. Is it the reason you can't do both is because the audio takes up a lot of mental thought and energy, doesn't it? Yes, it does. But yeah. you, know, you have to see what I do is thing called an EVP circle. So basically what I do is I get, Say if I have 10 people, I get them all in a circle. I'm in the middle, mm -hmm. and then I'll each individual talk to the spirits that are there. I'll say, you know, Sandy, 
go ahead and say something. And Sandy will say, are you alive? I may say, are you dead? And then the next person, I'll tell them to pause a second. The other person will say, how old are you? And I'll do that. And then we'll play the recorder back. And then between the two people is what I'm listening for. Or if the actual spirit is talking over the person. But usually it's usually in the middle. So the spirits will communicate in the middle of those two conversations. And that's where I hear these spirits talking and agreeing or they're saying somebody's name or they're saying I, I was murdered, stuff like that. I gotcha. Yeah, I, I don't think I could communicate with in the middle of a circle with all that going on. That would be very difficult. And and the thing is about it, you know, I um I don't know, it just seems like, you know, my gifts, um, they're 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 kind of unique. They're unique, and I think I haven't really got to the my highest part of my gift because I don't. I work a lot, and I'm with my family a lot, so I don't really put the time and energy like I used to. Right. So I, I could have more to my gifts if I put more time. But it seems like I'm getting older. I want to spend more time with my family. I've lost, you know, 17 years where I put all my time and energy in here into writing the books, into going all the investigations. Now, basically what I'm kind of do is kind of slowing down a little bit. Uh-huh. And what I do is I do library events. So I will actually go to a library. They'll set it up and I'll go to a library and there's usually like 50 or 60 people. And I tell my little paranormal journey. And then I do readings, 10 or 15 readings. And I end the show and I'll tell you what's an amazing experience for all these people. And then they all come and buy my book. So it's really kind of cool. Yeah, that would be fun. And it would be so low-key laid back. It is. And I have no pressures. Oh, that's like the best. (laughs) That's a great idea. So are you going to be working on another book soon? Honestly, I think I'm chilling. I I think this is going to be my last book. Um, Mm -hmm. I might do something in the future, but what what I'm slowly doing is, you know, I was honestly going to retire this year, but... The way the world's going right now, there's just every time I go to retire, <laughs> I have nightmares. I have nightmares and spirits do come to me. You understand what I mean? So they're, they always tell me you can't retire. You can't stop helping people. You can't stop doing what you're doing. And I will literally have nightmares every night because of me wanting to quit. It's almost like they're saying you can't do it. It's like and most people saying you'll never be able to quit because this is you. This is your energy. This is your life now. And you have to keep it. They will never stop bugging you. And that's when they bug me whenever I want to quit. They're saying, mm-hmm. no, you can't. You understand? Have, have you ever tried meditation? Honestly, I do my meditation through readings. That's how I meditate. So basically, whenever I do a reading, see, I usually will look down. I'd never look at an individual when I do readings because, you know, I, I grew up. In the reading world, and I watched a lot of skeptics try to put people down and everything, mm-hmm. and I picked up stuff from the skeptics so they can't be a skeptic with me, okay? So whenever I do a reading, I will look down at the ground or I'll look up in the air. I never look at the individual. I never watch their facial expressions. And how I do my readings is say like I'm in an actual gallery reading, and this lady here, I, I do a whole bunch of tickets. So uh, if I draw a ticket 103, that person gets a reading. So I'll go over to that person. I'll say, what kind of reading do you want? Do you want a past loved one? Do you want an energy? Or you want a past life? And she'll say, well, I want to connect with my mother. I'll say, okay, what's her first name? And they'll say Sally. Then I instantly will look down at the ground and look up at the sky, and I will offer direct connect information about Sally. Okay, mm-hmm. that's how I do readings. I don't say, okay, I'm feeling somebody over here. I'm feeling the male over here. No, I'm a direct connect reader. So then the next person that draws 
I'll go up there and walk kind of reading you want. Oh, I want you to connect with my energy. I'll put my head down. I'll connect with that person's energy. That's how I do it. It's It makes it more real because I'm going from individual, individual, individual. I'm not looking at their facial expression. They're crying or they're actually your facial remarks. You know, they're, they're doing, uh, you know, strange things like, oh, my goodness, this is a hit. Uh-huh. This, you know. Yeah, a lot of psychic mediums will actually look at that and say, okay, I'm on the right track. Let me keep on going. And that, you know what I mean? But I don't do that. And people say, why do you look down? I said, because this is a way to prove to people I'm not actually reading a person's energy by just looking at their clothes, their hat, the way they're moving their face, the way they're laughing, the way they're crying. That's how I do it. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, in the past, you did all this research so you could be able to have your gift grow. Was there any particular person from the past that inspired you? Like for me, it's Edgar Casey. Um, anyone like that that kind of gave you that? that well, honestly, boost? I actually follow a lot of TV stars when I first started. Okay, uh, Notre Dame was my my first interesting. I watched the Notre Dame show when I was younger. That got me kind of interested in it, okay, watching a Notre Dame show because of his gifts and what he was seeing and feeling and stuff and how he was uh, living his life. But I used to watch a few TV shows that actually grabbed my attention. Um, And, of course, I watched The Long Island Medium. Um, I did watch John Edwards. Um, I did watch, um, you know, some of the actual mediums back in the day, Um, Lisa, Lisa Williams. Mm-hmm. I used to watch in her TV show. She used to have a TV show, Lisa Williams. Oh, yeah. And I used to watch her. Um, and I used to watch, um, I used to, Mont- in my book, I talk about going to the Montel Williams show to see, um, uh, what is her name? Oh, Sylvia Brown. Sylvia Brown, yes. Mm-hmm. I was supposed to be on the show with Sylvia Brown, but he ended up having some issues, some legal issues. So they ended up canceling his show before I got to go there. But I was supposed to see Sylvia Brown. And I was supposed to communicate with her about what was going on with me and stuff. I was supposed to be on there. She was supposed to help me. But uh, that never did happen. But and she told me on one of the shows, well, she told everybody. But on one of the shows, she said, if you want to be psychic, you really want to be connected with your gifts. Every day, get up in that mo- every day, get up every morning and say, I am psychic. Do it for one year and watch what happens. Honest to God, I did that for one year every day. I'm psychic. I'm psychic. And believe me, things started doing. Things started happening to me. I started seeing things. I started feeling things. And things were like right on target. I'm like, holy crap. This is kind of cool. And I got to a point where I was hungry for it. And I wanted more and wanted more. So I started watching more shows. I started understanding things. And then my brother contacted me. He said, listen, Rick, I'm going to do this for you. Um, I'm, I'm done with my gifts. I'm going to send them to you. So he sent his gifts over to me, and I end up being way more stronger with my gifts, way more in tune with my gifts. And it's kind of interesting that he did that, and it really did happen. Things started to happen. I started getting stronger. I started seeing things better. started feeling things better. I used to be – you know, I would get like seven or eight or seven or eight things right. I'd write down ten things on a piece of paper, and maybe six or seven would be right. Well, after he gave me my gift, I was like 100% on target. Whenever I would see things, I would write things down before I left my house and I would see those things as my day went on. I already seen it ahead of time, but I would see it. I would I, I say, for instance, I would say, OK, I see a dog with three legs. So I would go to my third house with my job and I go there and they'd open up the door and here comes a dog out with three legs. That's what I was doing. I was seeing things ahead of time. It's called remote viewing. That's what I was doing. I was remote viewing and seeing things in the future. And it was just amazing for me. 
it was way way more obs- i was way more obsessed than the evps because this was direct connect information that was happening in front of me and i could see it in the future it was just amazing so with this do you still use the remote viewing when you do readings for other people don't you well basically that's what it is i mean a lot of the reading is remote viewing like especially to say if i'm reading a mother she might show me an actual necklace that she wore with a heart on it that's i'm remote viewing and seeing that actual nexus what it looks like and everything so it's part of the actual reading is remote viewing i might see a certain dress that she liked to wear i might see things on her body that maybe i might since i'm an empath i might feel that she maybe she broke her leg i might feel that so i get the feelings i get the scene i get to feel the the emotions i get all that you know i get the sickness too so if somebody has cancer i will actually feel you know they have issues with their chest it almost feels like to me like it's lung cancer i will feel that just like a medium would feel but i'm feeling it too the same way i'll get the all the feelings and emotions and stuff of of an individual it almost feels like I'm kind of being part of that individual whenever mm-hmm. I make that question. Yeah. You call yourself a seer and you're an empath and you have psychic abilities. That's a really different combination. Yes. And, and the thing is, what's interesting is, you know, I, I see sometimes future, I see past and I see past lives. So mm-hmm. it all depends on what's coming through to me. And, and what's interesting about some of these past lives, they actually were healed a person. But if you're not stable, enough they could actually harm you i feel they oh, could harm yeah. you because you're not able to understand what happened in your past life and then all of a sudden it's just too much for you if you're not mentally stable and that's why i kind of back off past life readings because there's a lot of negativity with a past life reading because i see the death i see the rape i see the murder you know what i mean that's what i see and it's it's kind of hard for people right for for a lot of people yes have you seen any of your past lives? Well, let me tell you something. What's interesting is I was actually doing a, a computer past life thing, and I didn't think anything about it before I even got any gifts. I, I watched this one time, and it said, okay, you were from Asia. You know, I've always been obsessed with Bruce Lee. I just love Bruce Lee, big on Bruce Lee, loved him mm-hmm. ever since I was a young kid. I always acted like him and stuff. But the thing is, this guy said, listen, this computer said you were from Asia. You actually were, um, you know, a really good with, you know, swords and stuff like that. But you end up getting in a fight and they end up cutting both your hands off. This is what the, the this program is telling me. Cut both of your hands off and you died from actually losing both of your hands. So I didn't think anything, anything about it. The next day I woke up and honest to God, I had no feeling in both of my hands. I looked at my hands. There were no hands there. In my mind, I couldn't move them. I couldn't feel them or anything like I had both my hands cut off. This happened every morning for 30 days for me. Now, how shocking is that? This is why it's scary when you get information from your past life. If you can't handle it, it can affect you in a bad way. Right. I've often wondered, and I think sometimes our past lives too, direct us in professional ways as well. Well, you know, the thing is about it, they actually can actually take you from a situation where you're having a rough time in your life, you know, you're having anxiety, mm-hmm. you know, you're you're reliving, you're, you're, you're afraid of swimming because you think you're going to drown all the time. When you put this stuff in there, I think it's a healing thing, too. You can use it as a healing tool, too, 
um, getting your information. It can help you move on from something that's going on in your current life. And usually that's what's happened. You kind of keep reliving that past life. So you, if you're, if you can actually understand it and move on from it and actually learn from it and use it as a stepping stone, you can actually heal from it. So it's a good thing too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I really believe that healing begins at that point. Once you realize what is going on. Um, I always found it interesting. I was obsessed with Turkish culture for years and I actually went to Turkey and oh, wow. lived there on and off for four years and studied and performed and studied the cultures that had really drew me in, um, the Romani and the Kurds. Love them. When that was done, about the fourth time, I was done. I got off the plane. And I'm like, I don't have to go back. I'm done. Isn't that cool? I'm done. I'm not fascinated. I don't want to hear another story. I'm done. And the same thing happened when I retired from dance. I woke up one day. Eh, I'm done. There you go. I'm Gotta done. Move on. <laughs> and, and I know because it was a cultural dance my whole life I studied. I knew that that karmic part was done. Wow. And I think that's what how it does. You know what I mean? I think that's how it is. You know, I, I did a, a past life reading for a gentleman. He was really, he was having nightmares all the time about being in a plane and crashing and stuff. Ooh. And you'd have this all the time in this dream. And I did a past life reading on him. And I said, I'll give it a try. And I, I tried and I kept seeing that. Uh, he never told me anything until I actually got down to reading. I said, listen, I gave a name of a plane. I gave an actual first and last name of a person. Um, I gave that he actually uh, was lost in action, that his crane, uh, his plane crashed and everything. So I put all this stuff out for the whole world to see. And he came back and he was shocked because he actually found that guy, the real mm -hmm. guy. Actually, wow. this happened. That'd be so and cool. He, and th this is the cool part. Are you ready? Sure. He showed a picture of the guy yeah. and of him. And they were twins. Looked identical. That is so How cool. How cool is that? That is awesome. Now, have you had any of, of this stuff happen to you? Like past life stuff? Yeah. I get a lot of deja vu. I get a lot of that. Um, I think a lot of times I've been to places or smell or I just know I've been there. So I do have that happen to me a lot. Um, so I don't know, you know, if that's connected to a past life. Or anything, but I do get it to where I've I've been here before. I know I've seen it. It seemed seemed like it's replaying exactly what happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know I mean it's kind of interesting. Like I'm actually going right through it step by step. I've done this before, I, but I haven't. But mm -hmm. I have. You know what I mean, yeah. It. I always found past lives always have influenced me so much. Um, I remember one time I had a really interesting dream. I was in my early twenties. And it was in the 90s. I just really aged myself. But it was a dream that I was in France. I was a little girl in the 40s. And my brother was a Nazi soldier. And I was sitting on my grandfather's lap. And he told my grandfather he couldn't save him, but he tried to save the kids. I was gassed in a truck in the French countryside. And I wow. felt my death. 
And it was the weirdest thing because right after I had that dream, I had to fly to California. I was taking dance workshops. And that's where I met the teacher that influenced my whole career. And she did Romani dance. Wow. And in my dream, I was a Romani child. Isn't that crazy? And that's what that dream has never left me ever, ever. And prior to that, I was afraid of Germans, anything German. And my brothers loved Germany. Like they loved like World War II history. And I was repulsed and scared by it my whole childhood. There's a reason for all that, you know, yeah. we just figure out what it is. And, and I'll tell you what, I think, you know, whenever I used to do past life readings a lot, I, um, I had some amazing, amazing stories. Um, and I've seen serial killers. Um, and actually, and you know, the thing is, I, I read this one lady and she said, listen, please read me. I'm having all these, and it's always deals with nightmares. They're always having nightmares. Mm-hmm. She said, I'm having crazy nightmare so i just started connecting with her energy and i i seen her as a serial killer and she would actually kill people and then cut them up and put them in black bags and bury them in different parts of the city different parts of their body and she said she wrote back and said you're not going to believe this but every night i'm i'm a murderer i'm killing people putting them in black bags and burying them i mean it's just it's just so was this her past life this is this was in her past life. She was a serial killer, and she still dreams of it. She still does is exactly what she was doing in her past life. It's crazy. Oh, that would be horrifying. Oh my goodness! And it is. It is, and that's why a lot of it's dark. A lot of it's dark. Whenever I do past life readings, it's kind of kind of sad. Wow, that would be very very difficult. Very difficult to um, move on from that and heal from that. Exactly. And I don't know, you know, I don't know if she healed from that. I don't know if this kind of helped her to understand what's going on. Maybe mm-hmm. she didn't heal from that. Maybe she didn't understand. Now I know what's going on with me. You know, this is the past. I'm going to move on from it. I don't know that. But it, it's even even with my connecting with past loved ones, I, I read a young lady. She actually sent over and said, do you read children? And I said, yeah, I'll try. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a go. Mm-hmm. And she said um, she gave me the name of the child. So I, I connect and I saw. A little kid. I saw a three-year-old kid, but then I saw a little kid get murdered and um, have her, you know, it really, I won't go into details, but she was murdered by just a stranger on the street. Um, and, and his name was Pete, for instance. Um, so I said, well, I get this, you know, this is your daughter. I see blood all over. I see she was murdered. I see this guy named Pete that's coming in the actual the picture. And she knew the name was Pete that killed her daughter. Mm-hmm. So she said, you know, this is shocking what you've given me. But I said, well, listen, if you really want to believe this is really your daughter that's coming through, write down five things. And maybe she'll come through and give me something, what you're writing down. Mm -hmm. So she wrote down five things. And I just kept connecting with her. And I saw that she would get up. Every time she takes a shower, she would get up and she would draw a heart in the steam shower for every year her daughter was born or her her age, three three hearts. Mm -hmm. And then on her piece of paper, number three was... Every morning she goes to take a shower, she puts three hearts on the actual glass from the steam. So that point right there changed that woman's life. She was actually in her house. She wouldn't work. She wouldn't do anything. She ended up getting a job. She ended up getting married. She ended up having more kids. And she moved on, knowing that her daughter was there. 
it's just a touching story. That's a wonderful story. I love that story. So I would say that is a very impactful experience for you. Well, yeah, it's interesting because it just seems like there's always something amazing always happening with my readings. Something shocking, something amazing. Um, and, and it's shocking for people too that actually witness it. You know, I I um I do a gallery reading at the Witches Weekend up north in Houghton Lake. I'm mm-hmm. usually a read there, and I'll, I'll do a gallery reading. And I had one lady wanted me to read her, and I I started connecting with her, and I started giving her some. I got years 1965, and this lady almost to a point where she almost had a heart attack right in front of us. She fell off her seat. She was. I couldn't breathe. I mean, she was having a really rough time with the information I was giving her. That's how bad it was. Mm-hmm. It was so shocking for her. It was just to a point where it really shocked her that much. And it was kind of scary when you see that happen. I'm like, oh, my goodness, get her some water. <laughs> it's kind of scary. You know, what am, yeah. what am I doing here? <laughs> it's like, I, I'm just trying to <laughs> do my job. But it was amazing. It was amazing for her. She was shocked because she just found out that she has a brother that she mm-hmm. never knew that was born in 1965. And I came up with a name that was his name. It was just amazing. Wow. Did she did did she find him eventually? Oh, yeah. oh yeah, she found him. Wow, that'd be so cool. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Because uh, that was on her mind. Right. And that's how it works with me. That's how things come through. So So if people want a reading from you, how do they get a hold of you, Rick? They can contact me through Facebook Messenger. Uh, that's usually what I, I used to have a website, but I just really never really use it because of the social media out there. Mm-hmm. So um, they can get a hold of me through Facebook. That's how I connect all the time. Or they can send me an email at, uh, I can give you my email. Go ahead. R W A I D 46 at gmail.com. Or they can hit me up on Facebook. Okay. And your books are available on Amazon, correct? Amazon and Kindle, yes. Ah, wonderful. Rick, it was a pleasure talking to you tonight. I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. I appreciate it. I loved it. You have a wonderful voice. (laughs) Thank you. Very calming voice. Thank you. I'm looking forward to reading your book, The Eleventh Child. I really appreciate it. You have a good evening and thank your family for letting me talk with you this evening. Many blessings. Thank Thank you. you. Good night.